Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 681. You wondering why I tell you these things? What good comes of it? Maybe this cinder did me a bad turn once. Maybe it amuses me to set a young pup like you snapping at his heels. Maybe the soft creaking of your tendons as you clench your fists is like a sweet symphony to me. Oh, yes, it is. And you can be sure. Why can't you find this cinder? Well, that's an interesting why. You'd think a man with coal-black eyes would make an impression when he stops to buy a drink. How can it be that you haven't managed to catch wind of him in all this time? I shook my head, trying to clear it of the smell of blood and burning hair. The Cathay seemed to take it as a signal. That's right. I suppose you don't need me to tell you what he looks like. You've seen him just a day or three ago. Realization thundered into me. The leader of the bandits. The graceful man in chainmail. Cinder. He was the one who had spoken to me when I was a child. The man with the terrible smile and the sword like winter ice. Pity he got away. The Cathay continued. Still, you must admit you've had quite a piece of luck. I'd say it was a twice-in-a-lifetime opportunity, meeting up with him again. Pity you wasted it. Don't feel bad you didn't recognize him. They have a lot of experience hiding those telltale signs. Not your fault at all. It's been a long time. Years. Besides, you've been busy currying favor, rolling around in the cushions with some pixie sating your base desires. Three green butterflies twitched all at once. Their wings looked like leaves as they spun to the ground. Speaking of desires, what would your dinner think? My, my, imagine her seeing you here. You and the pixie all tangled up at it like rabbits. He beats her, you know, her patron. Not all the time, but often. Sometimes in a temper, but mostly it's a game to him. How far can he go before she cries? How far can he push before she tries to leave and he has to lure her back again? It's nothing grotesque, mind you. No burns. Nothing that will leave a scar. Not yet. Two days ago, he used his walking stick. That was new welts the size of your thumb under her clothes, bruises down to the bone. She's trembling on the floor with blood in her mouth, and you know what she thinks before the black? You. She thinks of you. You thought of her, too, I'm guessing, in between the swimming and the strawberries and the rest. The Cathay made a sound like a sigh. Oh, poor girl, she's tied to him so tight. Thinks that's all she's good for. 
wouldn't leave him even if you asked, which you won't. You, so careful, so afraid of startling her away, and, well... That's the page. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. <laughs> I'm Jeremy. And I have uh, a... Ch so, so the very last bit before the end of the page there, uh, you so carefully, so... What? You so careful, period. So scared of startling her away. Oh, but you said afraid. Oh, did I? Oh, well, uh, I was all I, excited. I you made me so uh, excited. Oh, oh, I just got too into character. Mm. Oh, sigh. It was less creepy today, I think, just because I was like more ready for it. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I'm glad you could steal yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, something jumps out to me that I never noticed before. Uh, the cafe calls out that Foth ran into Cinder three days ago. And then two days ago, the patron was mad enough to beat Denna with his walking stick, which was new. Uh, I wonder if there is some causality there. I wonder if upon receiving the news, the patron became incensed and had to take out his frustration somewhere. So you're saying that the patron is the mayor? Not the mayor, but I'm saying the mayor doesn't that... have a stick, does he? No, no, but whoever the patron Brayden is. Brayden does. Yeah, yeah, whoever the patron is. I'm not even saying it's Brayden this time. I'm saying that if what would make the patron mad? We know from this very page, the order of operations, that three days ago, Cloth encountered Cinder and broke up the bandits. And then two days ago, the patron got really, really mad and uh, beat Denna. And so I don't think that's an accident. I think that the timing is explicit on this page because the patron somehow is tied in with Cinder. And upon receiving the news that the bandits were broken up, uh, became very upset. Yeah, that does seem that it does seem like the kind of thing that Cathaya would do is like drop a little piece of useful information into a larger conversation where Quoth is too distraught to pick up on it. And it knows that. Like, that's another way to torture him because, like, 10 years from now, he might look back and think, oh, my God, it was it was actually trying to give me a clue and I was too freaked out to notice. I like to think everything it says is a clue. Mm -hmm. Well, but I think that I think that if that is so, then I think sometimes the clues that it wants to live are like, I don't actually want you to get this joke right now. I want you to get this joke in a quiet moment 10 years from now so I can maximize how much pain I cause you over how long a period of time. I think that all three things that the Cathay says about its motivation are true. Why do I tell you these things? Cinder bid me a, did me a bad turn once. It amuses me to set a young pup like you snapping at his heels. The soft creaking of your tendons as you clench your fist is a sweet symphony to me. I think all three of those things are true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. I also think that all three of those things would be true. Also, the way that the Cathay ends that paragraph is really interesting. Because it goes, oh, yes, it is. And you can be sure. Full stop. New period. Why can't you find this cinder? That's an interesting why. So it's like it almost doesn't finish the thought. Unless the thought is and you can you can be. Sh yeah, hmm, that is interesting. Like you I, can I, be sure of what it does, doesn't really finish that. I think that's kind of an interesting thing to pick at, although I don't have I don't have a theory around it. It's just sort of an interesting way of, of phrasing that makes me think that there's some meaning there. Well, and we're following a, su a succession of rules of three because on the previous page uh the Cathay goes why did they do such nasty things to your family and then gives Quoth three reasons and then it asks why did they leave you alive and then it gives three reasons and then it says are you looking for why i tell you these things and gives him three reasons so that's thrice 
three times three. three. Reasons. Yeah. It's three times three, but it's three maybes. And then he goes, oh, yes, it is. You can be sure. Well, then I think maybe what we can take from that is that none of those things are maybes. They're all, all true. Hmm. On the previous page, we kind of, or on the in the previous few pages, we put forward the idea that the Cathay can only tell Quoth something if it's asked a direct question about it. But Quoth doesn't ask it anything on this page. It just starts spouting off. So I think that he's given it enough information at this point that he can just like read him. Yeah, I think either we're wrong that it, you know, it 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 doesn't need to be asked a question every time it wants to tell you something or once you've asked it enough, it gains enough. Like maybe you asking it a question allows it to kind of probe your mind or your past or whatever, however it gathers the information it gathers. And once it's gathered enough information, because you've asked it like two or three questions, then it can kind of extemporize and freestyle based on what it already knows about you. Yeah, it, it knows Denna's name. You know, I, I can imagine that it has encountered Cinder before and knows Cinder's name, but I can't think of any reason that it would know Denna unless it was, you know, some kind of power. Mm-hmm. And obviously everything it says is calculated to hurt Quoth, to hurt Quoth by preying on all the things that he fears most about himself. You know, it's it's hurting him by saying like, you have... You know, you say that you want to find these Chandrian, but you missed your shot to kill this guy when he was right in front of you. And you've spent a big chunk of your time screwing around at the university, screwing around at court, screwing around with Valyrian. So how serious are you really about this? And when it brings up Denna, it brings up you suspected that her patron might be beating her. I'm confirming it for you and you haven't done anything about it. And while you are here, again, dallying with a pixie, he is like beating the hell out of her on a regular basis and you're not there to do anything about it. And she's thinking about you while it happens. When you're not thinking about her at all, or at least if he is, he's not telling us. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, he, again, he says it in like the nastiest, most like nagging way possible. You thought of her too, I'm guessing in between the swimming and the strawberries and the rest. Except for the Cathay knows whether or not he was thinking about. Well, I mean, based on what else he already knows. Well, but whether it whether it does or not is not actually germane to why that is hurtful because Quoth will know. Whether Quoth has been thinking about Denna or not, and I may wager that maybe he has, the idea that he's like still off doing this instead of helping her is going to be hurtful to him. Yeah. There's one other interesting thing that the Cathay says on this page. I mean, there's a lot that's interesting, but one that's really interesting is that it uses the term a twice in a lifetime opportunity meeting up with Cinder again. Oh, you know, usually you say it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, but it's well, twice in a lifetime. And this to me says that Quoth will meet him once more because of the again. It's well, not, it's not that you will only meet him twice in a lifetime. It's that, Meeting him again, you will meet him twice in a lifetime. So I suspect that the Cathay is uh, soothsaying that they will meet once more. Well, but that would be three times because he met. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity to meet any of the Chandrian, which Quoth did when he was a child, and then it's a twice in a lifetime opportunity because he happened to bumble into him in the forest. So that's a twice in a lifetime opportunity in Toto, but the Cathay says meeting him again. If it was a once in a lifetime opportunity meeting him again, that would be the forest, but there's one more because of the again. No, no the again refers to meeting him in the forest. 
Yeah, and then another time. It's a twice it's a one, in a lifetime. No, no, okay. The no, no, first it's time, a once it's in not a lifetime, everybody it's a, again, it's, and then the twice in a lifetime is again. Jeremy, I'll kill you. <laughs> no, no, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to meet him the first time. So it's a twice in a lifetime opportunity to meet him more than once. No, it's it would a be a once in a lifetime opportunity to meet him again. No, it wouldn't. No, twice in a lifetime. Two more meetings. Two more meetings after the first meeting. No, they would all. No, 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 no. Because. Not meeting him at all is a standard lifetime. So meeting him at all is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And then meeting him again would it's be a twice in a lifetime twice more. opportunity. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity to meet him again. No, it's but a twice. But you stop it? You clearly disagree. <laughs> just be happy with that. No. <laughs> no. Why can't you just agree to disagree? Jordan, agreeing to disagree with someone who's never solved anything in the world. You have to run, run roughshod over your opponent and crush their will beneath your own. That's the only way to win an argument. Is this why I lose so many arguments? Yes. <laughs> yes. You have to stack the courts so that when there is a disagreement, all the judges agree with you, even That's if right. it's morally and objectively wrong. And if your opponent is stacking the courts, then you have to do whatever you need to do to, to remove those people and supplant them with your own creatures. Yes. Oh, wow. That we can Sounds agree like a on. a lot of work. Jeremy, <laughs> handshake meme. <laughs> <laughs> handshake meme. Uh, do whatever it takes to win an argument. All right. Well... I think both of you have made very nice points, and I agree with Nick. No offense, Jeremy. Um, so I, we should. I do have on. one more thing. I think it bears mentioning is that uh, the Cathay says they have a lot of experience hiding those telltale signs, and this to me is very important because this suggests that they're not powerless against their signs. They can do stuff to hide them, so they might be uh, around in civilization, and Quoth might have encountered them without the signs there. They have to hide them. They can't stop them, but they have to do things to hide them or mitigate them. Yeah, this is like the first the first time that we have encountered in the text the idea that the Chandrian might be like going around in disguise, hiding their obvious supernatural nature from the people around them. Like, I don't think that idea had really crossed Quoth's mind before. I kind of wonder to what, like, how exactly that works. I kind of think that it must be the way that like a vampire might simply avoid walking into a church in order, you know, to like not have to like, you know, get away from the crosses or what have you, or like not having mirrors in their house. Like you can't get around the signs, but you can kind of rules lawyer your life so that the, the likelihood of you triggering one of them is minimized. Yeah. And this is potentially a bit of uh, ammunition for one of my theories that I quite like, which is, where do the Chandrian go when they're not doing whatever it is Chandrian do? Quoth is like, do they live in a castle made of candy? Do they live in the clouds? I kind of like the idea that they just like have like mundane lives. They just have to kind of go live in a house or something and they have to just kind of operate at more or less as people. And that's why they're so well hidden because they just kind of seem like everyone else except for their signs and they're able to hide them well enough to get around. I know you don't like that, Jeremy, but I quite like the idea. Hmm. <laughs> I know you want them to have like a Vader's palace kind of thing, like a big uh, edifice on top of a volcano where they do their plots around a big table. But I kind of like the idea that they're kind of mundane. Like I, I still think that Cinder leading a group of bandits in the forest is like more mundane than I would have expected them to be. Like he's basically just like doing, doing banditry. I mean, obviously with some goal, but he's just taking money from tax collectors. Like that seems like pretty mundane evil. Although I'm sure it's an it's an aid of something else. Well, I, I mean, I think that's where listen, I I think that I find myself somewhere in a midpoint between they are just regular schmucks and they live in a 
an evil Mordor lair. Because I think that they probably find it necessary to go out into the mortal world in disguise to to enact their will. But I also think that it looks to us like Cinder and his bandits are just doing mundane banditry, but there must be a larger villainous purpose behind it or he wouldn't be doing it. He's not just doing it for shits and giggles. Yes, that I agree with. Sure, yeah. Well, I think on that moment of uh, Amity, we can probably wrap this page up. All right. Listeners, we'll see you in Amity... um, God, what state? Is it Maine? Amity, Maine? Amityville? No, no, no. The town in, in Jaws is called Amity, but I think it's in the state of Maine. Anyway, we'll see you there on the 4th of July on tomorrow's page. Uh, it's kind of been a state of denial around the existence of the shark. The wind!